I get a lot of the time when I was getting email. Um, you're just you're too positive, you know. You're you're too uppity. Uh, as Bowling Cox liked, to, I think I got called one time for some hippy dippy bullshit, something like that. But then also I get some very used to get some very aggressive. Hey, um, you know, not everybody's perfect like you, and I bet you're this and I bet you're that and I bet you've done this and you know uh, it must be nice to be happy all the time and be so perfect and always make the right decisions and judgments and if if and I don't know how anyone would but if you've ever been under the misconception that that is how life has went for me or that um that, that that that's what I was trying to portray. I I don't I don't know. I'm at I'm at a loss for that because it's not it's it's not what I've ever been trying to get across or anything of that nature. I wouldn't imagine that anybody would believe that. Um, I'm sure there's people that believe that about themselves. <coughs> I'm so sorry. It's going to be another coughing thing. Because I don't have a cough button. I'm doing these with a phone and just kind of old school. Um, but I'm, I'm not always happy in making the right decisions. And um, I make the wrong decisions a majority of the time. And I think talking about the right decisions and the wrong decisions helps you keep that in mind and, and helps you better... Uh, do the right thing the next time when when you when you've done the wrong thing, um, or when you you've changed your your mind about something. Um, and, and anybody that knows me personally would tell you that I'm most definitely not happy all the time. Um, actually, um, you know, there's there's a lot of times. When I was younger, that I was very depressed. Um, a lot, of, a lot of times, because I think I wanted to be depressed. I think I felt like I needed uh, some type of dysfunction or some type of uh, issue to 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 have to, to have a value to, to what I was feeling or 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 to identify with other people or or even to get sympathy you know because it it feels good to get to get sympathy and and sometimes you will uh very much uh make yourself uh suffer uh especially the night you know the naive nature of being a kid to try to make yourself suffer or at least project the illusion of suffering so that someone will feel sorry for you or feel something towards you because that that does feel good it's a negative reinforcement it's a negative thing but you you don't you don't know that as a kid but even as an adult no i'm I'm not um not just some happy-go-lucky hippie person that's doing the right thing all the time and always in a good mood and happy because life's so great no I don't know that anybody really is. Is is that the goal? Is is you know would that be a preferable outcome uh, to life? And 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 uh, you know 
the, the life that I lead? Of, of course it would. Um, that's, that's what, you know, I think everybody should shoot for. But it, it's not. <clears throat> but just because I, I am upset or I am down or I am feeling kind of blue, doesn't mean that I have to come on here and talk about those negative things and be negative. That was the point in this for me was for this to be a positive outlet for me, for me to, uh, in a way, have a conversation, even though I'm alone with people who I could correspond with and relate back to and they could give me their input. And, you know, you have a guest on every once in a while and discuss things. And that, that was kind of the ideal of, of the podcast, but the idea is not for the podcast to make me feel down. Sorry, I got cut off. It's been a hard one to do. I've made several attempts at starting this one, but I'm just going to continue on. Where I got cut off the first time, uh, where I think I was when I got cut off. But I, I, I could see, in a way, how maybe somebody that doesn't know me or only listened to one episode of the show thought that maybe I was pretentious or too happy or but that that's that's not that's not the case that's not that's not me and I don't have any um delusions about um the reality of life and 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 how hard life can be and how hard some of the things that that we talk about on the show can be you know um it's easy to say, well, you know, what you need to do in this situation is X, or what you need to do in this situation is Y. It, it, it's easy to say that, and I, I understand that. I understand that it's uh, it's easy to to just say this is the answer when it's not the easiest and most applicable resolution to, to whatever it is. But that's that's kind of the point. But to to have a positive outlook and to have a positive message, I don't think that that's wrong or bad. Uh, I don't think that that's wrong or bad all the time. You know, there's times when I will research something or look into something or whatever the case may be that, that'll bring me back to reality really quickly about who and what we are as humans. From, you know, the history of slavery or uh, human trafficking or the world wars or what the Japanese did to the Chinese. Um, what, uh, what Americans did to Native Americans. What the Spanish did to uh, Native South American people, uh, Aztecs, and, and, and what have you. I, there's things that'll bring you back to reality, back to the bleak, dark reality that life often isn't good, often isn't fun or rewarding or happy. But a lot of times it is. And you have an option and you have a choice. And I have that same option, that same choice. And I'm not, um, I'm not hesitant to make it. I have that choice to try to see the better in people, even when it may not be there. Just at least try. 
<coughs> give people the benefit of the doubt, give situations um, the benefit of the doubt, and, and to try to look for that silver lining. I think it's worth it. I think it. Um, I think it's a good thing. I really do. And no, I, I'm I'm not always the happiest person. Um, I'm bad to self-destruct. You know, I no longer am in the band Provice. Some of that for good reason. Not not that Bruce did anything. He's an exceptional person, a great friend. I still support him tremendously. Um, but some of it, of my own neurosis, psychosis, whatever you want to call it, some some of it, I think most people would fairly understand. And a lot of it because I'm good at tearing things up. I'm good at taking things apart. It's putting them together that I always struggled at. You know, so I'm not always happy or, or you know, I I talk about the value of friends and how much I love my friends and stuff. And, 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 I, and I do, and there's times that I know I drive you all crazy. Just constantly, the ones I do talk to, talking to all the time. There's, there's times I don't talk to anybody. There's times I don't do what I should do as a friend and reach out to people and 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 kind of um, be there. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a very in-person person. Um, if I see you and you're there and I can interact with you, uh, we we won't we won't have lulls in communication and I won't. Uh, kind of step back, but when when I have to, when I have to reach out electronically or, or what have you, I, there there will be times that I I don't, I'm not a good friend, and I, I I won't reach out, and that's not something that an eternally happy person does. I don't think anybody's eternally happy, but again, I like to be, and that's a lofty goal, but it's a goal worth pursuing. But the ideal. The ideal that for some reason some people think I should have to apologize for trying to be happy or portray a positive outlook on life is an unhappy situation in itself. I'll tell you this. Your statements, although I address them and I think that's good and I think I should, they won't alter that. They won't change that that desire. If you sent me that because your life is bad or because you're not happy or because you think that I'm not happy and I'm pretending to be, well, I'm being honest with you. I am happy a lot of the times. Sometimes I'm not. That's just the cycle of life. I'm being upfront and honest with you right now. So the latter is the issue, there you go, it's cleared up, being honest. But if if the issue is, on the other hand, um, that you, you aren't happy, seeking to verify that I'm not happy as well will not bring you any happiness. I understand how good it can feel to know that others hurt like you hurt. I've seen that in people. I've experienced that in myself. You know, if people are honest, you know, it's important to be honest. But that will not bring any long-time healing. 
and understand that you may want me to be unhappy like you. Trust me, there are moments when I'm unhappy. All I'd like for you is for you to be happy. That's it. That's the value in that. Now I'm going to take a break and come back with, I guess, what today's actually supposed to be about. I thought it was important to get that first little section out of the way, and, and I've, I've been trying to record this over a couple of days, going back and forth, and, and I listened to that, and that's not enough for a separate episode, and, you know, when I was sitting down thinking about it, so <clears throat> I know I would add it in with this. Um, it, it's This will be released on Thanksgiving. Um and, and like I said, that first little part is just, it's something that, you know, I, I'm I'm not getting as many emails as I used to get. Actually, I don't know if I've got any in the last couple, maybe one or two in the last couple of, uh, uh, of episodes before I took that break. Um, and not not that I need them, but that, that's, that was a conglomeration of, of various different people's emails over time. And people really, really did feel that way. But it's... It's Thanksgiving, and, and, you know, it's a time about being thankful and being with family and things of that nature. And, you know, I, I think about, and I, I don't know the best way to address this and, and, and how to refer to this person. If I say how they're related to me, then that people know exactly who I'm talking about. And is that fair to them, you know, not that they care or don't care. I don't, I don't know, but I have a family member. And I've had quite a few, but this is one in particular who um, they they have a very bad addiction problem. And, you know, at Thanksgiving, you, you think about that and think about this person and, you know, something I've done lately is, is really think about them. And, you know, I, I really love them a lot. And that's not something I would say uh, to myself even in the last couple of years. I think our beliefs, and I've always said beliefs are dangerous. And I believe they are. I believe static beliefs, um, uneducated and and, and unchecked and, and unquestioned are very dangerous. But... The evolution of what we believe is important. It's important to how it goes or, or, or what it is. And beliefs and, and mentality, a lot, a lot of things change them, but self-reflection and, 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 and looking at a situation from the worst possible point of view is, is the best way um, uh, to really, I guess, have a full belief or have a full point of view. You know, it at 10, 11 years old, if you'd mentioned drug use to me or anything like that, I would have, I would have told you that I will, I know, because I had a friend who I ended up doing drugs with, not, not, anything massive but drinking and doing drugs with and he was older than me and 
when I was young, he, he was already doing drugs, and he really didn't like me. And I don't think he likes me now. I don't think he liked me for a long time. But we grew up right in the same area. And like I said, he was, he was older than me. And as a young kid, he never was really good to me. Um, but we got close at one point in time. And I can remember we were, we, we were doing, uh, we were, we were doing a pill, um, and, and he said, I can remember you telling me you'll never drink, you'll never smoke, you'll never do drugs, and he's like, look at you now, you know, and, and, and at 10 or 11 years old, I, I, I believed, I believed that. I believed wholeheartedly that I, I wouldn't ever do those things because that that's not the life I wanted. And, and I, I looked at that with a negative connotation, and I looked at that as uh, not a good thing to do and not to spell. Like, to be a smoker, like, I've never seen my dad use nicotine in any form or fashion. Never seen my dad drink at all. Uh, you know, my dad always stayed active and healthy, and I, I assumed that that would be my my path. And, and I was an 80s kid. I was a good guys always win, Rambo, uh, American flag, greatest country in the world, American dream kid. That's, that's what I was. And the thought of drugs and, and all that, I, you know, I think as a kid, you're a conformist in a lot of ways but you're idealistic in a lot of ways and and you know you have a uh, a version of good and bad that is you know obviously determined by what what inputs are there in your life and and just the standard input the the standard media and entertainment input makes you know drugs bad uh, bad guys bad good guy's good you know it's just plain and simple cut and dry there's no gray area if you asked me as a kid that I, I would have told you that and I would have told this family member that and I would have, I would have told them hey you know this is not you know I'm never gonna do drugs now at 15 or 16 I would experiment and and do things and not, nothing major at that time you know um, I was very timid and afraid of it, and I didn't always enjoy it, especially with alcohol. I didn't, I didn't like the taste of alcohol. I still hate the taste of beer. It's awful. That acquired taste thing is BS. It tastes like ass, and if you drink it, you just drink it because you want to drink ass. Like there's no, there's there's no good beer. That that's a ridiculous statement, and and, and it's not it's not a debatable thing. People may have a taste for it. People have a taste for kimchi and and. Uh, all forms of rotted, nasty things, but it doesn't make them taste good. It means these people have a taste for it. It's not a commonly accepted good taste, and, and or maybe it is. I don't know, but it doesn't. It doesn't do it for me. But as as a, as I'm in the middle of my teens, I uh, if if you'd asked me about drugs, I would have um, early early teens still kind of a straight edge, and at least in my mind, you know, and then a quick shift to you know the glorification uh, of it because it it became glorified i don't i don't know who done that and i don't know who glorified it i don't like it's easy to set and put blame but 
someone did and we followed and it it wasn't you know it was glorified in the 70s and it was glorified in the 60s and you know it was tune in tune out or tune in drop out or drop out i can't even remember how it is but you know by people who i think make great discoveries with psychedelics but i believe psychedelic was the ideal there and it did not the type of uh, of situation that they ended up with, not the type of anarchy that it ended up bringing, and and then you know into the eighties, coke become the you know, uh, it it become very in vogue and and very chic, and and by the late nineties it was prescription pills and and you know, um, very addictive prescription pills at that. But in my in my mid teens, you know, if you'd asked me about drugs. Yeah, I, I probably would have given it some type of uh, glorification, and, and I, I probably would have um, uh, been more pro. But to that person that that I was close with, I would have never give that impression to them because I still knew that it that it wasn't good because I, I had close friends that I was watching them watching them change. I, I didn't realize at the time to what level or how, but I was I was watching them change. I was watching a a shift in them and it it's interesting looking back, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, but looking back it's it's interesting on, on how much you did see and, and how much it did concern you and how much you seen that didn't concern you that should have. People I, I loved, I seen the the beginnings of uh, of addiction with them, and you know that that's not a good memory to have, but it it is the memory that I have. You know, and at that time, this person was younger, and and they you know, there wasn't as much concern. They were different than me. They they weren't natured like me. Um, I was a pretty happy kid, and I talked about this earlier. It's a pretty happy kid. I like to pretend he was sad sometimes because I felt like I should be sad, but this person did seem sad all the times, and I, I didn't didn't completely understand why, but they, but they did. They seemed sad. If you had asked me at 18 what I thought about drugs, I would have said, I think they're good. And I think it's our right, and I think it's our freedom to explore and use them and whatever they may be. And and from 18 to honestly 20, probably 21, uh, I, I made a lot of mistakes, in, including letting that person see me do things. I was a massive drug user. Uh, I would I would use pills. Um, but never Oxycontin. I was afraid of those. Uh, I used... I, um, honesty is important. And I don't believe in shame. And I, I don't... I don't embarrass or... But I worry about things I say sometimes. But I will say this. Pills was, was a yes. And cocaine was a yes... Once I know for sure, I think twice. 
alcohol was a yes. Marijuana was a yes, but I don't. And I know this may sound in, you know, um, insensitive or something, but I honestly don't consider it a drug on that level. And I, I really, I just don't. Uh, I, I don't. I'm sorry, but it, yes, it was. And, and nicotine, you know, and, and alcohol, and, and um, that, that's the no meth, nothing like that. But I remember the the first time. Me and one of my older friends who I had done drugs with for a while. Doing drugs at my house. And my wife and I were split up. I I was not worth being married to at the time, but we were we were split up. The only time in our marriage that I wasn't clean and the only time in our marriage that we were split up. But we were split up and, and this person that I was talking about was there. And I had done drugs with my friend and and then in the bathroom. And I go back into the living room and I'm sitting there and this other person goes in there with my friend. And when he comes out, I I go in and I look at my friend. I go, look, you know, you don't don't do that with him. Like that's not, you know, he don't don't do that. I give him a lecture. And then I give this person that I was concerned about a lecture. I was like, you don't, you know, you you don't do that. Well, you do it. No, no, I don't, you know, and, and I lied, and I was dishonest with them, and, and slowly over the course of about a month or so, we we both come to the conclusion that the other knew about what the other was doing. And I wasn't proud of that. You know, th- this is the last time I really spent with my best friend, uh, who ended up getting murdered a while down after. And this was the last, the first time with this person I'm talking about that we experienced this together, any, even the drinking. And there was just a short period and it, it changed everything, I think. But by my mid-20s, I was pretty well straight edge. And by 26, I was definitely straight no drinking, no nothing. Nicotine, yes. And I ended up quitting it. And I mean, I went 10 or 11 years without drinking anything and then drank um, maybe once or twice and didn't enjoy it and then went probably three or four years without drinking anything and then drank again and didn't enjoy it. It's just not something that I enjoy, but any type of drug whatsoever with the exception of marijuana one time in the last 20 years um, and I would do it every day if it was legal I would I would do it every day but I, I have a job and I can't do that but you know if you go to 25 or 26 and you ask me how do you feel about drugs and addiction and you know as a kid I would have said well those are bad people you know they, they shouldn't shouldn't do drugs criminals do drugs as a teenager, I would have said, it's your right. I mean, do what you want to do. And in my early, early 20s, I would have said, I'm doing it, and I don't care what you think. And by 25 or 26, I'd have said, you know, they're criminals. Don't do it. You know, they, they, they're they choosing this lifestyle and, you know, whatever. You know, ain't none of my business. By 30... I think I would have told you. And by this time, you know, 
you've seen people just they're not the same people they were they they're they're checked out man they're not they're not in there and it's this person that I care a lot about a lot of people I care a lot about a lot of people I care a lot about are not the same people they were but if you if you'd have asked me about drugs at that point in time you wouldn't have gotten at 30 something sympathetic you would have gotten the same old thing that you know I'd heard a hundred old men say you know uh, they're too spoiled need to work harder this is you know they choose to stay on these drugs and you know if they just get jobs and if they do this and just no no compassion just you know they did this to themselves what do I owe them compassion for Compassion is for someone who can't help the situation they're in. About 35, I realized, you know, I'd lost people and I'd seen people come back and I'd seen others not in situations that they'd, they would never be completely the same. And this person, this person that I was talking about, I think by that time it overdosed twice, and and we're just checked out, man. They they weren't there, and it, this you know felt bad because there was a friend I I ended up losing that you know I should have reached out to and talked to more, and you know that I really loved like a brother, and, and they were friends that you know I should have tried to help when I was good, and I should have been compassionate about when I was good, but this person. This this person, um, this this person, you know, I I felt an obligation to protect them, and and I and I failed, and you know we weren't way off in age, but I I, I failed them in that endeavor, and. Another person that I am further apart in age who I have the same relation to, um, I, I think I've kept myself separate from them and not been as close to them because I felt like I failed this individual. But at 35, I started to see that these people that I thought should have just tried harder, maybe... maybe Maybe the world should have tried harder. Maybe every every one of us should have tried harder. Even the ones that thought they'd done the right things. Maybe maybe everybody should have tried harder. And you lose a, a close friend, and you you lose these people, and and you know you 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 think back. But this is the big thing. You think back on what you have done and how you didn't end up on that path. Did you not end up on that path because you chose better? Did you not end up on that path because you worked harder? Did you not end up on that path because you were smarter or better or a better person or deserved it more? Or did you not end up on that path just because you lucked out? Just because for whatever reason it didn't happen to you? Is that is that why? You just got lucky. You didn't do anything. You're not special. There's nothing about you that warranted that you deserve this and somebody else didn't. You just got lucky. And 
So I was more compassionate. Now by 40, by 40, I, my heart breaks. And, and, and I think, you know, just the other day I had the thought, what, what if, what if I was, I was listening to a podcast about benzodiazepine and I could easily see a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whoever, some, somebody spending a little time with me. I understand how to work that situation. And I know how to say the right thing. If I wanted benzodiazepine and, and, and felt in my mind that I needed it and that it would help me and that it would be good for me, I could get it. What, what if, what if I got, because benzodiazepines are like alcohol, you know, they can kill you. If you just cold turkey off of them too quickly, if your addiction has made it to a certain level, what what would I do? Well, I mean, I what what if it come down to it was impacting, you know, my daughter's grown and and I've been with my wife twenty years. If she was going to leave, she'd probably already left. But what if it started impacting my son? Started impacting his life? Well, I just I just wouldn't do it then. I would quit, right? But how do I know that? Because I've never, I've never been addicted to it. So, how do I, how do I know that that's what I do? I can tell myself that that's what I would do, and it's easy to tell yourself that when you're not addicted, you're not in the situation, and you're probably not at risk for it because you're afraid of it. Then it's easy. I mean, it's mind-bogglingly easy to just say, "Well, I just wouldn't do it." I know really good people that got stuck in that rut. And if it had been as easy as, I'm just not going to do it, then they wouldn't have done it. People that are stronger than me because see now what they went through and what they had to do to come out the other side. I looked at addiction the same way most people looked at addiction. I looked at addiction as weak people taking the easy way out. But when I look at what life's like for them, it's not easy. Their their situation's not easy. It's definitely not easier than mine. Anything is the hard way. And to maintain it and to not give up, to not just blow your brains out or or overdose or quit or or go to rehab or say, I want help to not give up, to maintain that miserable existence is not easy. I looked at this, I looked at this person that I love so much, even after my mentality had changed and, and I realized the ignorance in, in my train of thought, even after that, I looked at this person with content, with pure contempt, at, at just dislike for them. Why didn't they do better? Why why didn't they step up? Why didn't you know? I did it. We're the same person, right? We're the, blood is blood. We're the, we're the same person. Why didn't Why didn't they do it? To the point where I hated them and I, I didn't I didn't want to be around them and I didn't want anything to do with them. And I felt that way for years. 
Until one day I just sat and thought, and not that long ago, and I missed them. And in 20 years, I've really not known them. I knew them for almost 20. And for 20 or more years, I, almost the entirety of that time, I've not known them. I don't know who they are, really, you know, as a person. I don't know who they could have been. But I hated them for the pain that they gave themselves. I hated them for the punishment. Don't get me wrong. They hurt other people with their decisions. They did. And they hurt me. They hurt themselves a lot more. And I think about that, and for the first time in at least 15 years, I know I love them far more than I dislike them. And I always have. And I don't know if I ever didn't like them. But I know this. When a lot of those early signs popped up, self-preservation kicked in. I couldn't let that be around my family. I couldn't let that affect my daughter who was young at that time or my son when he came along or my wife. I, I couldn't. I couldn't let that impact me and how I was going to live. And that's not the wrong thing to do. The thing is, there's very little that could have impacted me. So it started out as that. It started out as, as self-preservation and preservation in my family, and I don't things already started out that way. But it perpetuated because it's hard. It's hard to help somebody. It's hard to not judge somebody. It's hard to look at someone who did things that initially you did and ended up on the wrong side of it and to not think, well, that could have been me. And that's a reflection you don't want to see in the mirror. So if you can sit and say, well, you know, they should have tried harder. If they really wanted help, they'd get help. If they really wanted to quit, they'd quit. You know, if their family really meant enough to them, then they would do the extra... That's easier than saying, you know what, that could have been me. Probably should have been me. I mean, statistically, why wasn't it? It's easier to just judge it. And it's easier to fall in the rut of that single belief and not let it evolve. It's easier to hate somebody than love them and be hurt. I've said it before and I'll say it a million times. My papa told me one time, I said, Pa, I love you. And he said, do you? He said, how much do you hate? What's something you really hate? And I said, well, I don't, I don't know. And he said, well, you can't really love if you can't hate. One can't have a value without the other. He always said, there can be no reward for intelligence if there's no cost for stupidity. He believed in a fair and balanced world. I 
I don't hate that person. That's an excuse. It's an excuse to make me feel better. It's an excuse to justify my lack of action. It's an excuse to keep me from being involved. Now, understand that I'm not going to stop recording on this podcast and run out and go, hey, you know what? I'm here to help you and save you. No. People can get too far gone. There can be people who don't want help who will tell you in their most sober moments they have no desire for anything any different. That's who this person is. And I can't change them. They have to change themselves. And if there's even a moment of progress in that direction, I'd be more than willing to not be so judgmental and help. Helped before. It's not a problem I can throw money at or positive words at anymore. It's it's gotten to the point that it'll be death or them deciding on their own that they've really had enough. But at least I know my errors and what I know. And nothing I do from this point forward will be out of hate or out of contempt or out of negativity. It'll come from the right place. Yeah, I do believe in, you know, um, people taking personal responsibility. I do. I also understand the lure of escapism. And we all now know the power of the chemicals. Could have been me. More than likely. Not all of you. But a good chunk of you. If you were honest, not afraid to admit it. Could have been you too. And hopefully, your thought process has evolved enough to appreciate that.